0: Nathan, are you picking your toenails or something?
1: I am clipping my toenails. You weren't <laughs> supposed to announce that. Sorry. <laughs> you dog.
0: Who <laughs> <laughs> clips their fucking toenails mid podcast? <laughs> Welcome to the Well Played DLC Podcast, Australia's juiciest gaming podcast. I am your host, Zach Jackson, joined by Adam Ryan. Hello, Nathan Hennessy. Welcome back, and Mark Isaacson. Hey. Wait, did
2: he talk? Yeah. Silence from the west.
0: Yeah, what? I didn't hear. I didn't hear anything from the west. I think that Discord.
2: Discord's betrayed us. I reckon. I think Again. that might be it.
0: It's probably, yeah, I, I'm, can you
3: hear me now? Is that all
2: right? I, I can hear now. So good. Yeah, maybe I'm,
3: good. maybe it's just my voice that doesn't like it. I don't
0: know. Uh-oh. Nah. D- disc, <laughs> Discord's definitely been a bit silly. <laughs> so. Oh, see, classic uh, Western Australia's behind. Oh, thanks. Still just catching up. How are we all? Mark, maybe you want to answer first, and the answer will get to me in a couple of minutes. But uh, <laughs> the, the other two, <laughs> how are you going?
3: It's uh, it's terrible out here, obviously. <laughs>
2: <laughs> do we just do we just assume that because you're in WA, things are terrible? Is that what? From that Nathan, normally, Ra- that,
3: yeah, that only covers all the bases. Yeah, from Nathan
2: ragging on the state prior to the podcast and this now, you're probably gonna get a bit of a complex. I reckon.
3: Uh it's all right. I'm used to it. We're all used to it over here. it's why. <laughs>
1: uh, that's all right. Adam still has to represent Tasmania, so he, he cops that's it every it. other week.
0: <laughs> I've got that's no very legs true. to
2: stand on, hey?
0: No, no. But how are you? How is Tassie?
2: Yeah, not bad. I've been sick for most of this week, so that's a bit shit. But aside from that, yeah, pretty good. The weather's not nice. as awful. So, you know, swing it in the right direction.
0: Mr. Hennessy, you, how, uh, how are you going? Oh, bloated, farty,
1: and cramped. <laughs> that's one for all my IBS folks out there. Yeah, right. that, that's <laughs> kind of part of the course for me, yeah.
0: what um I brought that on. Anything, did did you treat yourself to anything that you shouldn't have? Um, uh
1: look, I think it's just been I mean, myself and April have been indulging in the carbs a little too heavy lately and not getting enough fiber in. so my my stomach is of of a, of a kind that requires very specific fiber macros every day and I guess I've just been living a bit loose. We had fish mm. and chips tonight from this real shady little outlet that we believe is a money laundering front. Because if you go in there, there's no staff, all the benches are empty, and there's just a big sign that hangs on the front that says "No cash." There's not even a menu. Ah, uh, sorry, no FPOs. The only way you can order food from this place is only through Uber Eats. As we've walked in and out. We've not seen any staff. No sign of life ever. Seems so, legit. That?
0: Yeah. all right
1: Fish and chips aren't too bad, though. We're talking like $3 for a deep-fried scallop. Now, if you tell me something ain't odd about
0: that... That and is. Yeah. That's, that's, that's probably not far off normal, though. That's, that's pretty is standard. Is it, though? In this inflated yeah, time? When's the last yeah, time you bought a fried scallop? Two
1: weeks ago. Jeez. Okay, maybe I'm behind All oh,
0: right. Finger on the pulse of the fried scallop. <laughs> <laughs> the he thing. knows. <laughs> This is uh, going to become a deep-fried seafood podcast soon. So. Ooh, oh, baby. Yep. I'm out then. It's just uh, we're going to avoid the pastry seafoods. <laughs> the so, pastry
1: um, seafoods. Oh. <laughs> your scallop <laughs> pies, mate. Come on. Now, I believe our mate Ben, friend of the potty, was being t- did actually recommend a... Uh, a bakery sort of up north or out of the city no. up north, I Don't say. Don't listen Ben. He's got no idea. No, I think he might be onto something because I've heard other people a... verify it as well. I haven't he, gotten up there yet,
0: though, but I will. Was he recommending The Place or The scallop Pie? The Place. He said there is okay, a okay, bakery. Okay. I'll give of him a pass then.
1: Some renowned sort of north of the Melbourne suburbs. So it's out of Melbourne um that does it apparently they got curried scallop pies on the menu i don't think he's spoken specifically of their quality but i'll, I'll mm. be the
0: judge of that okay mm.
1: well Moving please on. do
0: let us know let us know
3: <laughs> i haven't eaten yet so yeah can we get past the food is that <laughs> Okay. Oh, what
0: what's on the menu for you fish and chips
3: uh no. no no not tonight tomorrow maybe after all this conversation i'll probably get scallops Ooh, yeah. choice
0: <laughs> what do you call potato cakes over in the west
3: I mean, I just call them potato cakes. I don't know what anyone else
0: calls them. Good man. Good yep. man. Yeah. Check no it out. It's on this podcast. Yep. So that's, that's good. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's talk video games, shall we? Um we've got a fair bit to talk about this week. So we'll keep it pretty brief. Has anybody played anything that's not for coverage this week? I th- maybe a handful of people. I mean, a handful of people. Maybe a couple of people, perhaps.
3: I uh, did finally no. get into Roller Drone recently.
0: Okay, how's they, it? Uh, how's it tickling you?
3: It's really good. It's really good. I'm really enjoying it. Being someone who who played a lot of Tony Hawk when that was big, but then having guns as part of it, pretty freaking cool.
2: Yeah, yeah, after your love of Oli Oli World, I was keen to see how yeah you thought they brought over that momentum into kind of a different genre. So your you you picked it up and started having a good time immediately, or did it take a little pretty while? Pretty much, to... yeah. Like no, it's... The,
3: the actually, pulling off all the tricks, I was expecting to be more difficult than it actually was. It was very clean.
2: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like being able
3: to go like jump in, do your spins, turn around in midair, then slow mo shooting someone at the same time—it felt very very fluid.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's really good. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, very cool, very cool. Anything else that anyone's been playing?
1: <clears throat> so, over to Nathan then. I've been uh, it's about three weeks now. I've been Sorry. Uh, chipping away at Digimon Survive. I think I'm at the Can end now. It? I'm at like part 10, which I imagine is probably creeping towards the finish line. It's kind of fallen from grace for me. Like, it starts off quite promising, you know, as I've mentioned in the previous weeks, there is this kind of odd horror tone that's carried on a Digimon game, which is certainly not something you'd expect, but it does fall into huge amounts of repetition from about the halfway point to the, you know, odd ways. Like, you'll have the same conversation with a character, and then, because it's a visual novel, you'll then talk to another character, have the exact same conversation, and then this will go on three, four, maybe even five times where you're just having the the identical conversations in sequence with characters. And then fights will take place on the same, you know, one of five arenas for the entire game. Um, so there's just, it's just not a whole lot of variety in there and it does become quite stagnant quite quickly.
3: As someone who's only just played maybe an hour or two of it, how many mm. hours have you played and how much of it is actual tactical gameplay?
1: I've played 30 hours of it. Um, I've avoided... The what they call the free battle mode because simply the game the game's mandatory fights are too easy to need to grind in a free battle mode. Free battle mode for those listening is just it is what it is. Like it's a mode that's just offered at any time for you to just go and fight random enemies to level up your own Digimon. It's not necessary. Um, occasionally, while you're doing what's called exploring, you can come across Digimon as well. Um, and I'll do those as they're kind of they seem less. Grindy than doing a literal grind mode, uh, so so it's in these instances where I can recruit some new Digimon. But as for actually how much of the game has been battles, mandatory battles would have made up. Again, I've I've heard this said on I've seen this said on Twitter rather about twenty percent. In all degree, that would probably be, probably be the case. Um, but there's nothing that there's nothing new to spice it up. It, it's very stagnant. You'll be using the same two attacks per Digimon the entire game really. Um, there's no item shop, so you just pick up and use what you find. It's it's fine. It's okay. It's just it's it's not memorable.
0: I'm gonna ask one of my world renowned dumb questions. Hmm. Are Digimon is Digimon the same thing as like a Tamagotchi? Is that what that was back in the day? It was.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Based yeah. On there we go. Go. They yeah. They did. They had those little yeah like pocket Tamag- like Tamagotchi adjacent type things. I wasn't allowed to have one because my parents were super religious and fun police, so they deemed those yeah. sacrilegious. These days, they wouldn't fucking have any idea that it was just whatever was fun at the time was banned. I was so sad to be one of those kids without one because you'd see the kids in the playground, they'd like match them up to have little battles, and then like they'd take them apart and continue their battles in separate as they go to class. They look so yeah. cool. Did you have one? Those little
0: Maybe. pocket Digimon. Hmm. Maybe that or the Tamagotchi. I can't remember. No, I I had the one that... The Tamagotchis was...
1: were round. The Digimons were like square. Yeah. I don't remember. Nah. I don't
2: remember. I've got one in the I'm... other room when they did the the re-release of it. Yeah, a I... year or two back, didn't they? Went, yeah, they yeah. went through
3: a big re-release phase a little while yeah. the anniversary.
2: I got one for Key just simply because it was a, a nostalgic thing and it just kind of sits around as kind of a little memento of uh, our childhood more than an actual functional thing. But yeah, they were... They were pretty big back in the uh, back in the day.
1: Yeah, someone dis- is, is someone that was disconnected from that nostalgia, not by choice. I've always wondered if I should get one, um, but it, it's tough going back without that nostalgia to interface with.
2: I'll bring mine, mate, and we'll battle it packs. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, boy!
1: Catch us on the show floor duking it out.
2: <laughs> What's funny is we yeah. weirdly would not look out of place doing that. No, I don't fantastic. think so.
0: Hmm, agree. Mm. Toys. Tell me yeah, um, Love them.
3: Where would we be without them?
0: That's it. The only toy thing that I've got left over is probably my Zune. That's, that's probably the closest thing up to my... <laughs> one. <Sorry.
2: laughs> what a, a banger. Look out.
1: They should have marketed that as a toy back in the day, shouldn't they?
0: <laughs> good old Zune. Eh? That, that was a good little device too. Anyway. but uh, Do you have a do you have Nokia Engage buried away somewhere as well, mate? I do not. I do... No, I don't. <laughs> I thought I might have had like the old brick phone, but no, I don't.
1: Nah, the Nokia Engage um, was. Do, do you remember what that was? It was kind of a rectangular, had like a PDA on there, yeah. interface on it, or like had yeah. the
3: two the buttons on either side and a teeny tiny screen in the middle.
1: Hmm. Yeah. A lot of games. It's weird.
3: It's weird.
0: So was. So was. All right. Let's um go straight into the con. Ten, I think that, that that like that's all we've got. Yeah, There's those, just Digimon and Roller Cool. All right. I think Adam's uh, been a busy boy. Well, there's a big one, which maybe we'll we'll finish with the big one. I will maybe do a quick one first, and then uh, Monkey can jump in. I got the chance to look at a hands-off preview of The Devil in Me, which is the latest uh, Dark Pictures um, episode. Uh, it's episode four. It's the season one finale. Uh, that, can, uh, I'm pretty sure I can tell you this, it's coming on November 18, 20, this year. Oh, well, <laughs> nearly forgot what year it was. Um, but yeah, so that's coming this year. Uh, which is also kind of cool. Cause November's already pretty fucking stacked as it is. So yeah, that's coming in November. Um, yeah, it was a 30-minute presentation and it was uh, the game, game director uh, sort of spoke through a bunch of the game, uh, a bunch of the inspiration. So the main inspiration for this, so as you probably know, the Dark Pictures games are sort of inspired by real-life events, uh, myths, people kind of thing. This one, it is on H.H. H. Holmes, who is one of the first American serial killers and he had his um, Murder Castle Hotel uh, so the story about this is it's set in the modern day and a production company known as Lonna Entertainment are filming a documentary on American serial killers and they're basically, uh, they're at the last episode which is on this, this dude, H.H. H. Holmes, and they've run out of money and they've also run out of ideas for what to do for the episode. But then some dude uh, calls them up and goes, hey, I've got this good opportunity for you. I inherited this, uh, this hotel, which was basically modeled after the murder castle. Uh, you can come and check it out and film your, film your episode there. So they jet off and go to this location. Of course, it's a bit of a bit of a stitch up, uh, and they, yeah, they then have to survive the new or the replica murder castle. Um, the dev who's who's the guy the game director is tom heaton uh so he was saying that a lot of the inspiration for some of the stuff like within this is like the shining which makes sense uh slasher films as as we know a lot of these games are inspired by that and saw saw is is a very big inspiration for this and he says that the the deaths uh, in, in this game are the most brutal and grotesque and I assume I think this video that I'm watching comes out best part of Gamescom, so you, you, it, it, it's probably it'll be it should be out now by the time this this goes live, um, or at least it's it's coming very very soon. But yeah, you'll see part of it and you'll see what they mean by these saw inspired uh, desks. There's like one part of a, of the gameplay demo that we saw where there's like literally like a saw, like a big like big round saw spinning, and there's these two chains connected to this pole. It's like tug of war, pretty much. So, these two, they're not people, they're just dummies in this um, situation, but they're like, yeah, the dummies, like, pull, you know, one, the person that wins pulls the, the other dummy into the saw and cuts them to bits. So, uh, looks very, very cool. Um, there's some new gameplay improvements. So, they've actually, uh, you can now run, you can now v- jump or vault, uh, you can, and. Climb, well, yeah, same same sort of thing. So you can, like, bounce across beams. You can jump across ledges. You can jump uh, vault up on to other places. So that's all that's kind of new. Uh, you There's also limited in, inventory now. Um, so there's items and stuff that you can pick up along the way that'll help you survive, that you can store in this small inventory. There's going to be puzzles, so there'll be pretty standard stuff, like you've got, you've got to find codes, you know, throughout the world to unlock doors or, um, uh, like power up a, a fuse box, you know, that sort of thing. It's um, so pretty standard, but yeah, sort of like improvements on the old formula. Uh, still third person behind the shoulder. But this one, uh, I think I, well, I definitely, I know that I pumped up House of Ashes pretty big because um, I did quite like the setting of this, but this actual, like this, I think this is a very, very cool setting for this kind of game. Um, yeah, it looks very, very cool. Very creepy. Because uh, the the serial killer all um, the, the per- well, I assume it's the person that invites you to the to the building. Uh, he's like stalking, like roaming the corridors. You kind of see him here and there in this uh, gameplay presentation thing. But yeah, coming November eighteen, uh, all consoles, I think maybe not Switch uh, and PC. There was something else I had to mention, but I can't recall. I'm just scrolling my thing there oh yeah so uh so there's five characters um jesse buckley is is the the hollywood star this time around but each character actually has a a tool that can be used within the world that relates to their role for the company so the owner of the company has like a business card and you can use the business card to unlock drawers and shit uh another person who does like the audio has got like a microphone you can hear through walls uh, and the person with the camera can like photograph evidence and stuff like that. So, and those tools you can actually share, you can give them to other characters perhaps, or yeah, but same sort of thing, you know, all the choices that you make will affect the narrative and, uh, yeah, and live who lives and who dies. So I'm very keen after seeing this. I'm, I'm very keen. I think that this is a series, uh, that has improved every single time they've released one of these games. It's just gotten better and better. They've sort of refined it over time. Um, the first two didn't really grab me a lot, but The House of Ashes did, and this one looks very cool.
3: Sounds good. Any just, questions? That's a series that I've always preferred watching people play than actual play. But those, mm-hmm. I, I, like, same as you, the first two just did not appeal at all to me, but the third one had at least, at least some kind of interesting narrative to it beyond the standard sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, the first two, like, like I think all four of them uh, have had really cool settings, but. Yeah, the, the first two were just a bit, a bit bum, as I would say. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm like cool. I'm like Mark. the the appeal for everything this studio has made has always been for me as a spectator, and I'm I'm not one that normally spectates any games, but yeah, I've always found watching these have been more enjoyable than having the controller in hand. Although, if they really do knuckle down on the atmosphere on this one, and if it's entirely set within this hotel um that, that that could be something that i'd be keen to actually give a spin myself
0: yeah so we saw it was like 15 or so minutes of talking there about 15 minutes of gameplay i had a rough guess i don't quite remember exactly but but yeah adam you i know that you played the quarry you're probably keen to check this out i had a Have grand old time
2: with the quarry but yeah i was about to say i haven't jumped into the the others just yet i know that most of them i think are available on the playstation plus catalog now um, so they're on the, the back burner from when I'm not as busy with other things, but yeah, it's, mm. they're definitely ones that I want to jump into. Even though I know that Men of Medan and Little Hope aren't stellar, I still want to give them a go. I still find the, the little horror stories that they, that Supermassive have created are engaging enough. So I want to at least experience it for the the story, even if it's not fantastic, but this one looks all kinds are great. I love the the concept, and the the different, uh, the different uh, things that it's drawing from, have me very very interested. So yes, I'll be giving this one a look at.
0: Cool. There's a preview up on the website. Uh, it will be up now, so go check that out. Mark, you reviewed Soul Hackers 2. Tell us about that.
3: Yeah. Uh, I'll keep this one short and sweet. Um, if you've played any previous Shin Megami Tensei, if you played Persona Five. That's pretty much what Soul Hackers 2 is. This is a theoretical sequel to Devil's Summoner Soul Hackers, but it's not in any way tied in terms of story or setting. Um, But yeah, it's like a traditional Atlas JRPG. Uh, You have your team of four, you have your turn-based combat, uh, you have a a general sort of dungeon layout, a couple of different dungeons and so forth. The setting is very sort of neon cyberpunk-ish in terms of the character design and so forth. Essentially, end of the world scenario, Uh, There's this digital entity who uh, senses this oncoming disaster and decides to create uh, two humanoid creatures or characters to be sent to Earth to try and prevent the disaster from happening. And then the story sort of progresses from there. The soul hacking element comes from the uh, lead character who can essentially hack a dead person's body into their soul and bring it back to life. And that's like the general, uh, just that element of the story. And it's good. Um, I mean, I'll put it this way. Having played like 100 hours of Persona 5, I really enjoy that game. It's fantastic. uh, Fantastic story, character, design, the combat. Soul Hackers 2 feels like almost as if the studio either ran out of time or, or had issues because of COVID closures and so forth, that they just couldn't put enough dynamic elements to it like Persona. It still plays really, really well. Like I enjoyed the, the RPG elements, I enjoyed the combat. Uh, it's got a nice challenge to it. There's all the different uh grindy aspects of it that are, are the enjoyable part of JRPGs. But there's so many elements to it that I was genuinely disappointed in. Uh the dungeon designs are really lackluster, they were very bland, they were, they were really, really simple, the puzzles weren't really enjoyable. Uh, outside of the the combat itself. It just didn't feel like there was enough to them um, The story and the characters are interesting the, it does take a little bit to, to warm up to them I mentioned that uh, in my review, which is on the website now uh, As is like a traditional thing with others games it takes a little bit to get into the story and into these characters and start to uh, enjoy them and appreciate them same thing here, but it doesn't feel like all the characters are quite as Interesting as some of the other atlas RPGs in the past um, It just feels like there's there's so much to this that I I, I wanted to be better. Maybe I just had high expectations uh, You're know, coming off Persona 5 Royal being such a, a fantastic game being such a success uh, I know that Megami Tensei 5 on switch uh, I don't think it sold anywhere near as well as they anticipated, but it was still well received I just felt really surprised how how little of this was as good a quality as I was expecting. It's still enjoyable, don't get me wrong. Uh, but yeah, just didn't didn't quite hit as as well as I anticipated.
1: mm. mm. So yeah, I'm I'm seeing a lot of what you've said echoed amongst other publications as well. It's it's disappointing yeah. to see. Well, one, the uh, dungeons and one only needs to look at a few screenshots to get a kind of sinking feeling that they look drab. There seems to be no real theme or style to make them memorable. They just kind of no. seem like empty cyberspace backdrops. Yeah, like they the first the area is...
3: Uh, yeah, exactly. The first area is like a subway, underground subway. The entire thing looks exactly the same no matter which hallway you're in. Hmm... Uh, the next area is Soul Matrix. The Soul Matrix is probably the more interesting element of it, uh, where each character has its own mini dungeon, which you can go in at any time. The further you go in through the story, the more you unlock within each character's Soul Matrix, and then you unlock new abilities, and a little bit extra story and narrative for the backstory of each character. But again, open blue, neon, sort of matrix y style dungeon that just feels samey everywhere you go there's no real character or dynamic elements to it that that i really anticipated um yeah it's just it's weird because as much as i could have reviewed the game lower and i've had this conversation with other people i still enjoyed it i still had fun with this game i felt it still was deserving of a decent score but it yeah it should have been considerably better and i do question whether they just either did run out of time. Well, they were affected by COVID, because I know that a few other games probably have had that issue in the last year, year and a half, getting out, getting released, but still having studio closures, trying to work from home. I don't think studios in Japan have that same mentality of working from home. So maybe that had an effect on it. Uh, I'd be very curious to hear of it, but we probably never will hear anything from from Atlas regarding it. But I feel that that's what might have been a general issue with it.
1: Hmm. Mm. So I've lost a bit of lost a bit of my luster for this. Uh, canceled my pre-order, which is a bit of a bummer. But it's still on my radar. Roughly, how long would one expect to uh, spend in a game like this? These are generally lengthy, lengthy JRPGs. It's
3: still pretty lengthy. Like you'll be grinding a lot, whether it's within the Soul Matrix, whether it's uh, constantly upgrading all the the demons that you have. You obviously have the traditional thing of grabbing two demons, melding them together into a more powerful demon, leveling that up as you go. Uh, I've gone through maybe 45, 50 hours. Oh, okay. Um, I feel like I could probably get more out of that even more so if I went through the whole of the Soul Matrix because uh, there's a, still a decent amount within that. Uh, so yeah, not quite as long as Persona. Um, there's no like, time limit necessarily and, and a lot of the dungeons. You can slip sort of hop, hop in and out. As often as you want, and I think that's probably where most of my time was. I was just jump out, upgrade a little bit, jump back in. Um, some people might be better at the game than me and finish it a lot faster.
1: No, that that definitely sounds a lot more attractive. If it was like the blast two, where you're looking at 80 to 120 hours, having that that bland visual palette would have been quite the turn off. So yeah, you know, it's, it's still got a bit of interest. It's still it's still a good game. Like it's still got some interesting
3: elements to it. There's the the characters themselves you do warm to over time they start to become less of a caricature and a little bit more interesting as they go along the villain i think is really really good Uh, iron mask i think they they cast him very well in terms of voice acting but also just the the nature of the character is interesting um so there's still elements to it that are are really enjoyable it it is a a a solid jrpg but yeah I, i i keep going back to this feeling of i just wish it had been more than what it actually was
1: you gave it an 8, uh, didn't
3: I, you? I, anticip- I gave it 8 out of 10. Mm. Um, I, I, I considered giving it lower, but I, I still felt like it was... I still got my, my money's worth out of it. I still, in, in a sense, I'm sure a lot of other players will. Um, I still enjoyed it. I still had fun with some of the dynamics of it, but having come from uh, enjoying Persona 5 Royal so much, I think maybe my anticipation devils might have been a bit too high so it has disappointed me in that respect but it's still a worthwhile game absolutely i think fans will enjoy it um i think new players especially will, will appreciate the accessibility of, of being able to turn on easy mode and just playing the story through without having to worry too much about dying consistently um yeah it's, it's still a good game uh i just yeah i, I wanted something else from it i want something more from it hmm
0: Hmm, sounds like not a game for me, but I'm glad <laughs> no, you enjoyed
1: it. I don't think you're the intended audience, my friend. <laughs> I'm no, glad no. I am glad I helped you make that decision.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, Zach, I think I'm in the same boat with you, mate, so you're not it's alone. It's a good boat
0: yeah. to be on, mate. It is. Uh, all right, um, speaking of boats, Nathan, you have previewed Pentiment.
1: Yeah, and look, I'm sorry to say, and this might come as a bit of a spoiler, but... This is no set bikes. in 16th century upper Bavaria and inland, there's not a whole lot of boats. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I know you're we're probably expecting something different, but here we that's, are. That's hard to take. I won't lie. <laughs> yeah, so basically what
0: you're saying is you're up shit creek without a boat.
1: Oh, no. He's done it, ladies and gentlemen. I think we can end here. It's not getting any better.
0: <laughs> oh my God! All right, because I, I am very, very keen to hear about this. So I've deliberately not asked you anything, um, and Good. I'm jealous that that you were in there, and I was at work slaving away like the dirty peasant I am. But um, talk to me. Talk well, to let's. Me about sentiment.
1: Yeah, let, let, let's start with the easiest thing. This is definitely a Zach Jackson game, uh, so this will definitely have you interested. So I got the benefit of a forty-minute session with Obsidian, specifically Obsidian's smaller in-house team that's working on Pentiment. So Pentiment, as I mentioned here, it's set in eighteen or sorry, fifteen eighteen. Now Upper Bavaria, for those that may not be too geographically knowledgeable, it is a region of I want to say southern Germany or southern to southeastern Germany. Uh, so back in this day, it was very much separated into its states rather than its unified country name. Uh, this is very much a narrative game that's sort of in the soul of a point and click adventure. So we've got a, a you know this this two D world. We play as a character called Andreas Mahler. He is an artist who is working in a abbey in a small town where a murder has occurred. So. Uh, Andreas sort of leaps to action as the self-appointed investigator on this murder because it is one of his close friends that has been framed for the murder. He was found with the knife in his hand and it doesn't seem like this would be the person to have committed this act. Now, why this is kind of interesting as a murder story is very much laid upon its historical context. Now, this is a region and a time where... The church has significant power over the region, and yet this is also a time where everyone has their beliefs, but their beliefs are also interlaced with folklore, you know, Germanic folklore. So not everyone feels the same way about the church, but everyone has a kind of spiritual inclination. So you're going to be spending 25 years, the game is set over a course of 25 years in this town, Initially, I believe you'll be solving this murder. I can't say if this murder will take 25 years to solve. This is simply the premise that we're given. And you'll be interviewing characters in the town. You'll be forming relationships with them. This is very much a... This is in the style of a Obsidian RPG in so much as your conversations are going to change the direction of the story. Your relationships with characters are going to change and open up different routes as to how this progresses you will get to a point where you need to appoint someone as guilty of this murder you're going to point the finger and the game's not necessarily going to give you a clear indication as if as to if this is actually the right course it's just going to have to mold to the choices that you make so this is really exciting this is what we want to see from Obsidian, the studio that's given us you know, great narrative choices out of games like The Outer Worlds and New Vegas, and this is very much their front-facing philosophy here as well. But this is also a much smaller scale game than their previous ones. Of course, as I've said, this is all set in a town. Uh, the studio that's worked on this at Obsidian, they're only about 18 people strong, I believe. And... This is also going to be a game that, as I mentioned, it's a Zach Jackson game. This isn't going to have much voice acting. It's going to have no voice acting at all, as I understand it. This is going to be a
0: text-heavy game.
1: So, and, just, I just
0: want to quickly yep. jump in and ask, just just to get a clarification here, yep, just yep. for the people at home listening. Now, there are two two types that you could throw a Zach Jackson game at. One, ah, yes, like please it, do. It's yes, going to be <laughs> one's going to be it's a five or a six. It's going to be a stinker. Yeah, uh, not you know, this. I, I've got the hots for it. Um, no one else does. But then there's the other game, which is yeah, which is this, which yeah,
1: point and click narrative adventure, yeah, or something adjacent to that, right? Historical
0: backdrop, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And right. what they've shown so far is terrific. Now this is not again one of the caveats of uh, colloquially referring to this as a Zach Jackson game is that it's not going to be a mass crowd pleaser. This is very much reliant on its historical context and setting. It's not necessary that you have much appreciation for this setting because one of the beauty or one of the uh, nice caveats of this game also is that as you're going through the dialogue and a lot of it's going to be making references to things that you won't necessarily understand, things that have fallen out of grace with modern Germanic English so you'll be talking about a lot of structures and social standings, institutions and peoples that we don't know much about today. A lot of this will be highlighted. It might have like a yellow underline. You can click on this and the game stylistically zooms out. It's all set in a book where as you're moving between locations, you're flipping pages. It sort of zooms out of the That's scene cool. and that gives you, cool. yeah, it gives you like a little, maybe like a little text description under the the panel in the book. So it's just like a footnote in the book or maybe if it's referring to a character and we don't know too much about the character, it might just show a picture of the character. So we're, not also, we're also given a bit of a limitation in terms of what Andreas knows. So you'll never really know too much more than what he knows at any given point. Another thing I want to quickly mention that's also a part of Obsidian's philosophy that we know and love is at the very start of the game, right at the start after you've been given this introduction that a murder has taken place in its opening moments, Andreas steps foot out of his little home and you're going to define his backstory. So you're going to be selecting a couple of things. Like this is, Andreas as an artist is well-learned, He's studied. he's been to... He's educated, for better, for lack of a better term. So you'll be choosing a couple of things. Is that he a studied.
0: St Pat's man or a Newstead man?
1: Uh, oh, definitely. I think a St. <laughs> St Pat's man. He's definitely got a bit of that, uh, bit of that religious education. But I think that that's oh, yeah. also <sighs> going to be a part of the story as well. Like, how religious is this character really? Is this more of a Open-minded character, as they've yeah. Anyway, that that's a whole different thing that Josh Sawyer, the director was the game director was going on about. But uh, you know, you might select theology as one of these branches of study, or the occult as another, Um, and then you'll go in to define more parts of its his backstory, which again is going to define the kind of conversation options you have with characters. So we're not building a character in the traditional terms of JRPG with stats and numbers, not at all. This is just specifically. Um, more like Mass Effect, perhaps, where you're uh, selecting particular kinds of definitions from their background. So then, there's also we know this character as a part of the the coming of age of a student is going for a wander. You know, like in Australia, the Indigenous people talk about walkabout, and here in this context, this is somebody that goes and travels to another country. For a brief stint in becoming a man. So you'll select, you know, it might be Italy, for example, as a country that you've gone to. Um, So all these little things, they all have a little bit of flavor information too. So that you know that you're building this character with some context in mind. You don't feel like these choices are necessarily going to give you good or bad outcomes. This is just immersing you in the story. This is giving you some connection to your character. So this is all really good, really exciting. Uh, the, the animations, I believe, are hand-drawn. So they they do move in a very slow-framed fashion. I believe you get free movement control over your character on the 2D plane and you'll move towards the edge of the screen. It will say, hey, do you want to move into the town? Or you'll move up, hey, do you want to go to the church? Again, this is things we see in point-and-click games. And you'll select it and the page will turn, which is always a really delightful animation. As you're talking to characters, dialogue boxes will pop up like a like a bubble above each character's head. And they'll have different styles of writing, different styles of sort of manuscript text depending on their social status. So if you're speaking with someone at the Abbey, someone that's really highly educated, they're going to have that really stylized calligraphy type of um, print type. I'm getting my words a bit incorrect here. There are specific terminology for these print types, of course. This also can be switched off at the start of the game. No one uses
0: Times New Roman yet?
1: No, no, a bit bit too early for that. But, you know, you'll get like a lot of cursive types as you're going around the common folk, you know, some of the common folk that are literate will be writing in cursive. So this will be scratched out on the screen before you. And again, um, Josh Sawyer and uh, Hannah Kennedy, the art director, was saying that this has been something that's been done by hand. And it's really impressive to watch. So you'll see the words scratched out before you. And sometimes there'll be an error. And the error the will be quickly scratched out and replaced. And as it's replaced, the ink will come through a bit bolder. Like this is being inked. So this is inked by hand. So you'll see that some of the text will have darker tints than others. Just a simple consequence of how they're pressing onto or, or mimicking how they're pressing onto paper with their ink. And that's very impressive. Um, I think that's all I can really say on it at the moment. Mm. Because this is just giving context to some of the footage that we saw on its release. Uh, trailer yep. of a couple okay. of months ago where there wasn't a whole lot of context so this is just illuminating that a bit
0: uh right, obvious question, question.
1: oh questions boys let's no, go, go. I
0: have awesome. go it. Is,
3: it a, is it a comedy or is it a drama i could it, the, the trailer does feel g- like it's funny so
1: ah mm. uh, yes yeah, so i i believe it treads the fine line between both in very much a classical sense so as you'd be aware or may not be aware uh, neoclassicism which is what uh, a popular genre of this time you know Shakespearean and that the the tone is very much drama tragedy but the comedy very much pops up when you're having dialogue you can be a real asshole to these characters you can be real <laughs> tongue-in-cheek depending on how you've built your character you might be quite cavalier you might be quite cheeky and the game is absolutely giving you those dialogue options I was shown footage of an instance where this. we're trying to get some information out of an old lady who we know has a vendetta or a grudge against the church so she possibly knows why this murder would have occurred. And we can kind of like, you know, we can really sort of sweet talk her but she's very much a belligerent old lady so if you try that she's probably going to smack you back. Um, And another thing I didn't really mention either is, um, I did allude to, but the importance of religion here cannot be understated. It's such a huge thing. So this woman asks us to take a cross down from her her, wall. She's quite small. I can't reach the cross. I want it taken down. Fucking hate the church. And we're faced with this moral dilemma. If we do this and the church finds out about it, this is still inquisitorial times. Not technically, but in Germany it might as well be. If someone mm. reports that I took a, took this cross down from this woman's wall, or she tells the church, I could be in severe trouble. So again, all of this context is going to be great for the history buffs, but
0: for other people, they may not appreciate it that much. All right, well, my question is a little bit more lighthearted, but uh, any mention of a uh, good old chalky Barbarian uh, in your... Uh, Gameplay showing at all.
1: Oh, no, no. There wasn't a whole lot of talk of food. But considering the great lengths that, as I said, Josh Sawyer and Hannah Kennedy went to in talking about how important the <laughs> the sort of historical details here are, I expect that we're going to see characters getting drunk. Um, I'll be surprised if we don't see some aspect of, I think it's carnival, uh, where the Germans would have a sort of you know, a fe- a festivity as a kind of Catholic holiday where they will just go absolutely crazy, you know drink party um hopefully eat a lot of bavarian um
0: so october 1st, basically
1: oh yeah exactly so <laughs> i would be disappointed i'll be honest i'll be disappointed at, with the, with all their talk of historical accuracy if we don't see these festivities come to the fore as well particularly if we're spending 25 years amongst this community and we are dining with these families as we build relationships mm. <laughs> with them. this is going to be quite personal
0: well um we'll wrap it up because yeah uh We've got other things to discuss, but did you get a sense of how long the game might be?
1: No, not beyond the fact that they mentioned that this is covering a 25-year span. So, as I said, we've only been given the premise so far that there's a murder. We're going to solve that murder. We're going to pin that murder on somebody, and Mm. then we're going to be dealing with the consequences of that over 25 years. What what else arises from that? We don't know.
0: Mm. Cool, cool. Well, yeah, very, very keen to see. uh, It comes out in... Do they give you a date? No, they probably didn't give you a date. No, no, it looks like we still just
1: know that it's set for November. They're very certain that it's locked in for November and I hope that with Gamescom on at the moment, we find out a date in the next day or two. By the time you're listening to this,
0: hopefully that's been answered. Very cool. Uh, Mark, you're also excited?
3: Uh, Yeah, I mean, that trailer really impressed me. It it Mm. came out of the blue. It's just so unique uh, a design. So, yeah, I'm definitely interested in that. And being a, a dialogue-heavy story definitely appeals to me as well.
1: It's definitely mm. got its light, light-hearted humor in the dialogue, mm. which is something I appreciate from Obsidian.
0: Yeah, the one thing that... I, and I might have even said this when, when it was announced, but this is... Like, I rag on Xbox a bit for it being a bit fucking boring when it comes to games a bit, but th- this, is, this is cool to see. This, this is, is very this out is, of left yeah. field. Um, yeah, you know, some different creative... Yeah, not just barking up the same old trees again. Tazzy boy, you any uh, you got any interest in this? Look,
2: uh, I I need to be honest with myself with this one because it no. it looks interesting, but I just don't think I'll get around to it. So, and I think that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I I will admire it from afar. I think, but I don't think I'll actively partake. Yeah, I oh, don't think they cool. had
1: any interest in making this a mass market game. I think they were given the license yeah. to go and do what you want to do, and they've
2: done Good. just that. I think that's great.
0: All right, you have a preview on the site now? Is that... Well, at the time of uh, episode drop? Yep, cool. Sweet. All right, (laughs) speaking of point-and-click games, uh, I have reviewed one uh, called Brock the Investigator, which is a 90s cartoon-inspired point-and-click beat-em-up.
2: Now... Talk about a fucking Zach Jackson game, eh? (laughs) Yeah,
0: what a mix. You probably go, how's that even remotely possible and, and when i first saw this i was like how does that even work how can you have a point click beat em up so basically there's 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 two and i should i just, just want to start off by saying i love this game i really 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 like this game um i've not quite rolled credits because i've kind of been caught up doing some other stuff but hopefully uh i, I get a review out by I think embargo saturday whatever they didn't really give me one so um whatever I love it. It's positive. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So basically, there's two. two <laughs> there's two like styles to this game. So basically, you've, you've got your. Actually, there's there's probably like a fourth style to it. It's probably like a po- It's a Sherlock Holmes inspired point and click. beat Beat 'em up 90s cartoon fucking mix. So, mate, you've got all the flavors, all the ingredients for a game that's gonna tickle my little pickle. I was gonna say, um, did you
2: commission this game? <laughs> <laughs>
0: So yeah, so the, the first thing is like the artwork you've all seen it mm-hmm. in action yeah, at, yeah. to some degree, yeah. Like it's very much that '90s cartoon Saturday morning style. Even the like the voice acting and uh, so when you're uh, talking to another character, there's like the image of the character, the two faces of the character will be on the screen. So you you'll see them talking in the background, but then the pictures will be up up, up the front um, and just like their like their facial expressions and their reactions to like certain. Things that might have been said in like the, in the dialogue just it just screams like Cardone, right? It's uh, it's excellent. Um, but the way that the the gameplay works is essentially you'll investigate uh, or you'll explore uh, certain locations, and then every now and again you'll you'll have to partake in like beat em ups. So you might be. Um, <sighs> Uh, so you might be like on the streets right and there's these um this group of rats called the squealers um and you might be investigating this this area and they'll come up to you and go you know get off our turf kind of thing and then it turns into like a beat em up but you can just go into beat them up mode uh with a pre- with the push of a button you push the triangle key or the y button on the on the um c- controller and it'll Go to that, so you can actually platform and jump up if you need to explore certain areas, and you can do that by putting into beat em up mode. But yeah, that, that's pretty much it. So um, you'll explore, you'll investigate, and then every now and again, you'll have to uh, beat up some some rats, beat up some some robots. So the story behind this game is it's set like in the thirty thirty something, uh, and you're in this uh, this world's like being affected by this haze or this like disaster. So it's like post-apocalyptic kind of um but there's like a dome where all the all the rich people live or all the you know and then there's like the slums where uh basically all the peasants live and like all the plebs live. So this guy Brock who, who is who you play, he's a former boxer and that's become that's now illegal, so he is has become a Private investigator, and he lives in the slum with his like adopted son. Or, no, he's not, it's not really an adopted son, but he, this, this guy, this son's parents passed away. And, uh, 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 the dad left and the mum died, sorry. Um, so, Brock is now taking a, a little like looking after this, this son. Also, so Brock's a, a crocodile alligator. He gets asked that and he goes, I'm not too <laughs> sure what I am, but I'm going to assume based on the um, name, he's a gator. Um, and there's like, uh, weasels. There's rats. There's all kinds of other animals in this game, like cats and stuff. Like every different character is a different, um, a different, different animal. But yeah, so you're this in- investigator, and one day you, uh, you you wake up and you have to go investigate this policeman's uh, this this police officer's call. You and going, I need your help. He's lost his gun, and that's sort of where the story starts. And then from 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 there, you uncover the story behind this. Then you get roped into something else, um, and that's pretty. That's that's pretty much the story. There's definitely a big overarching um, story here, like like where you have to. I don't want to go. Don't to say too much because of of spoilers. But like, the story behind the death of the mother. There's a story. There there's a story behind that. So one of the very first scenes of the game is Brock having a nightmare about this and. Um, his memory is a bit hazy on what actually went down. So I th- I'm guessing um, that's sort of like the main overarching plot is, is to find out what happened there. The only thing that kind of brings it down a little bit is you. there are times where you plays the son or Graf, Graf, I think his name is, Graf, um, and he's like a student at school. Those sequences are a little bit drawn out Um yeah there's one we have to do like a, a trial and yeah it's just a little bit i don't say boring is probably the wrong word but it's just probably a little bit like they probably go on for too long but most of the gameplay is pretty cool the puzzles are pretty pretty solid there's some tough ones in there you can collect ads throughout the world and every ad that you collect gives you a hint um so yeah i mean it's pretty stock standard point and click Gameplay, I mean, as like Nathan kind of just said, you, you go between a bunch of locations, you know, many, many, many times. Um, yeah, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna rag on too much because we'll we we'll still got tons to, to talk about. But so far, loving it. Probably around the eight point five mark, I would say, for this, for me.
1: Let me sling a question your way, big fella. Go for we, it. The uh, I to be honest, it, it seems like such an obvious thing, but it's still quite exciting how you can flick between the sort of beat-em-up platforming-esque mode and the uh, the point-click mode. I think that's really cool. But with the mm. with the brawling, does it does it sort of expand or evolve as the game moves on? Are you unlocking new abilities? How does that work over the course good, of the game?
0: Good question, because I didn't really talk much about that. But you have a level system, and here every time you level, you can either choose to increase your health, your strength, or your special attack. Um, now, the special attack is like if you've played old-school... Streets of Rage. If you use that special attack when you're not meant to, it'll actually take health off you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that was like in Streets of Rage too. I don't know if you knew that, but if you use like your special tr- attack, it, it actually consumed um, some health. So there's like a little bar that you can fill up, and then you can you can, you can use it once, and that gives you like a, a special attack. Um, there's very few combos. There's not like a lot of. It's not like a like a big moveset kind of game. It's pretty. It's pretty basic. You, know, you just push the square or the x button um yeah you kind of you can kind of go uh there's a couple of different moves that, that, you, that you can do but basically every time that you level up uh yeah you can either choose to upgrade your health increase your strength um and there's also so you, you can pick up um so health items and stuff across the world but also stuff that gives you uh improved or no, improved increased damage for a like a 30 second period um there's another one you can pick up. You can pick up like a pizza, and if you consume the pizza, it gives you a free use of your special attack. Um, but you know, it, it's very good. It's actually quite um, emotional, if that's probably like the right word to use. Like the story is quite sad. Like it's so Brock is clearly he's struggling, trying to uh, deal with surviving, you know, providing for this for this kid, um, and you know, just. And this 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 kid is he's trying to make something of himself and become a drummer. And the drummers are what they uh, are the people that live in the in the dome or in the drums, I think it's called. Um, yeah, so it's it's quite cool. And and there's there's a lot of coming from a and this is gonna sound like not not dark, but like uh, coming from a family that has uh, that was had has step parents, my, my parents divorced when I was quite young. You can kind of relate a little bit to the tension that they have sometimes. Like 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 I I had a very, very good relationship with my my stepdad and I still do. So it's not like that. But yeah, like they like get into fights and it's kinda of like, you know, you know my real dad kind of stuff. Like they don't really say that, but that's how it kind of is. Like, um and Graf is struggling because the dad or Brock is always like he's never there and, you know, so yeah it's it's quite good it's actually quite um it's very uh it's relatable in like a lot of ways uh but it's done it's done really well because they both got their own struggles and whatnot so the other thing is that by night he's a vr boxer so he goes <laughs> to this um place and basically box because it's because it's illegal to make some extra money he basically goes and boxes and yeah so they're like levels in kind of like your streets of rage where you walk through progress through and um yeah beat up enemies the beat them up sections within the game and usually not too long they might only last like a few minutes um yeah and you can block oh, and stuff so i've cool got a super though, quick
2: it. question on yeah. on that like the switching between one and the other you played mm. this on pc yeah i did i did what was your you go to control setup because I know that you're more of a controller man when it comes to action style gameplay, but then point and click is definitely more of a mouse and keyboard situation. So how'd you deal with that?
0: Easy. So it's just, it's, if you've ever played any, any like side scrolling game on console, it's pretty much like that. The right stick is your mouse, but basically like is your icon. Yep. Uh, and left just controls you across the world. So you you move cool. across the world with your left trigger, uh, left um, thumbstick, and the right stick is is your mouse essentially. So yeah, nice. Yeah, and you can hold down the square button or the X button, and it'll highlight items in the world that, or you know, areas in the world that you need to 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 explore. And there's um, <coughs> so every now and again you'll have um, interrogations. So kind of like in Sherlock Holmes where you have got to like piece together all these clues that you've. Acquired And basically Yeah Find the thing And I think In one of the cases I did I think I put the wrong person uh, I think I put put, put put the wrong person in. <laughs> uh, yeah Cause there was There was a little bit uh, Was playing before tonight And there was a, li- and there was a thing That was like uh, Like another murder Has occurred And I was like And then he, he's like Oh sh- shit No he didn't say, didn't say shit He's like oh, Did I put the wrong Person And I was like Oh no I fucked it
2: It's a bit awkward
0: well, I was I had two I had two people in mind, and uh, it looks like I've gone the um, the wrong one. Anyway, it's cool. It's out on I think it's out on Saturday. It's it's, it's the twenty sixth is the date, but it unlocks on the Saturday here.
3: Is it console as well? So it only
0: PC. It is coming to console, and not wow. out on console yet. Oh, I cool. don't recall the consoles. I want to say all of them, but again, I can't remember. I think it's definitely on Xbox. Um, yeah, but now very very cool game. Uh, and it's, all done, it's pretty much all done by one person as well. Uh, it's, a, it's a French developer called Cowcat. Um, and all these, uh, all like all the drawings, all the backdrops and shit, they're all like hand done, all hand painted and stuff. So very cool game. All right, let's move on. Let's talk Gamescom opening night. So uh,
1: do you want to talk Gamescom just yet? We've got another we? review. Oh,
0: no, we do. Sorry, sorry. I thought we, I the, we could thought skip this anchor. one clearly because yeah, right <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did I did say we were saving the best for last but um, <laughs> well are we come back to it are are the the, no 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 you're right I completely forgot because um, I looked at the time I was like fuck we've gone for an hour uh, alright <laughs> Nathan you reviewed Saints Row and you hated it tell me tell me <laughs> Let, let's let's start on uh,
1: let's start in good faith. So I came to the Saints Row 2022 reboot, which is from developer Volition, or as it's now known, Deep Silver Volition, who are the team that has been the custodians of this series since its inception. Now I've been following this game for a while. I've done, you know, I've attended previews, etc. I've been very delighted, particularly when it comes to the customization suites that they've shown. This has been something that Volition's really put forth front and center. You know, the character customizer—nothing new. It's something with. Yep, Zach wants just to quick, jump in. Just,
0: just quick question. So, as I know, you've done previews. You've done two previews.
1: Three, I think.
0: Three previews is. I don't remember, but how many hands-on sessions? Zero. Yeah. Some have had hands-on.
1: I was not so fortunate.
0: Ah, yes. That was the one. Yes, that was the recent one. Yes. Okay, cool. Continue. Sorry. I just wanted to remember. I couldn't recall if you had actually played it before. And that's
1: that's, that's probably helpful context as well. So before playing this game, I've only seen footage of it. And it's footage that, you know, kind of delighted me. It, it's cemented in my mind that this reboot of Saints Row is going to see us build the criminal empire pretty much from the ground up, as we effectively did in Saints Row 2. And it's not just establishing the criminal empire, but making sure it's a thriving criminal empire, which is Saints Row the Third. And Saints Row Third was my favorite in the series. So this was really quite redemptive because Saints Row 4 was kind of, it, it hit almost a bit of a point where They'd gone too far with having to push the absurdity meter to such a point where we've now effectively left the planet. We've got aliens, we're in the same city as the third, but we've got superpowers, aliens, and a lot of Ubisoft world design. There's a lot of collectibles and pickups and repetitive side activities, so I was a bit sour on it. And I completely gave Gat Out of Hell a miss. That was the spin-off that saw us go to hell. So, we've reset the clock, we've gone back to, effectively, Saints Row 2, or or somewhere in between the second and the third, and that was really exciting for me. So, someone's smoking weed next door. Anyway, um, yeah, so we kick off things, and it's all going pretty well. Uh, As soon as we start the game, we're uh, involved in what's called the martial defense industries. (laughs) And... (laughs) and the martial defense industries is basically where our player made character starts off in their employ so the premise here and it's a pretty simple story we're simply uh our main character has three roommates uh nina eli and kevin and we're just trying to get by and the story is almost kind of relatable at the start. They're just trying to, you know, pay rent and keep a roof over their heads. And they're the best of buddies. And it's all lovely. And they've got a cat named Snickerdoodle that pops up like three times in the game. Um, so, you know, I was, I was kind of initially invested. And as we're uh, participating or and working for this, para, like, um, yeah, uh, this private military company, we're basically like gunning down gangs and arresting wanted people and... There's some mysterious super weapon involved that we don't really know anything about or what it does. We're just told it's a mysterious super weapon. And then we kind of become a bit disenfranchised, you know, just like the great resignation that we've seen over the past couple of years. We're not really getting the credit that we deserve. When we put in extra hours at work, it's not getting paid. We're always told that we're not doing good enough, even though we do our very best. So we think. Well, there has to be a better way. And as the game's marketing is implied, we need to be our own boss. So we, get, we put our heads together with our roommates and think up how we're going to get ahead and actually feel like we are worth the hours that we're putting in. And there's kind of this, you know, satire on self-help and that that the game starts off with. And I was like, you know, this is kind of relatable. And I'm already biased by the previews giving me the impression that we're going to get something between Saints Row and 2 and 3 um but things after you know things didn't feel good right from the get-go the first thing that i noticed was the bugs and if you read or read any review of this you should have heard about the bugs you've probably seen the bugs right from the very start of the game i was only a minute or two into the character creator and the game locked up I needed to restart it restarted the game locked up again I realized it was the same setting it didn't like so restarted again Avoided a particular section of the character creator so I could actually get into said game. I get into said game and the game kicks off pretty quickly and we're in combat. And combat is playing exactly as what the game was 12, 13 years ago in Saints Row 2. It's very much over the shoulder. You've got a reticle. Guns have no feedback. And you're going to get the same two or three different types of enemy coming at you. Um, for the most part, they're the same, if, depending on the gang, but really it's, yeah, th- there's effectively all of three gangs in this game, and each gang has, uh, three varieties of enemy, and when I say three varieties, I don't just mean mechanical, I mean visual as well. If you're lucky, you get a different gender, but that's it, so you're mowing down hundreds of the same looking characters, with zero feedback. You know, I like the combat back in the day, but this feels weird as a game in 2022 to be playing a game that feels identical to Saints Row 2, which came out in, what, 2009 or something. Uh, Yeah, zero feedback on the weapons. Uh, Even worse, I noticed pretty pretty soon into the game is the game has a smaller arsenal of weapons than previous titles, which also started to sour me. Uh, And then we actually get in and around the world, and... You start going to the same location in your like home like little home suburb where missions are given. Um, so no matter where you are in the world, it wants you to go back to the same quest giving location to do all of its main missions. This might not initially sound like a problem, but for whatever reason, the moment that you Uh, attempt or wish to go to any mission whatsoever whether it be a main mission a side mission any kind of venture the game locks out a bunch of options for you for one of them being fast travel so you got to do this weird kind of roundabout thing where you got to accept a mission find out where it's located odds are it's going to be in the same area as almost every mission where they all start in your little home suburb you got to quit the mission and then fast travel then begin the mission and then and you'll see this dozens of times uh, when you accept the mission and you're currently in the house where the mission is given, your character's talking. Uh, you've got a character talking to you on the phone. It's one of your housemates, while you're standing directly next to your housemate. So that's really odd. You'll have Eli giving you the whole spiel for the mission while you're standing right next to him. Anyway, so generally all this is denoting just a, an initial lack of polish. So I was feeling a little bit uneasy about the game that we had, but I thought, well, it's still, it's you know, it's still mostly Saints Row Two and Three. I love these games, so I continued. And what unraveled was not great. So the story I gave you at the start, that's as much plot as you're going to get. You and your housemates are going to build a criminal empire. There's pretty much nothing that comes to shake that up. You have a surprisingly easy time doing so. It's just, we're going to build a criminal empire. Boom, we bought a property. Boom, people are signing up. In fact, you don't even see the people signing up. They just You just get people arrive at your uh, little empire headquarters between missions. You don't know why they're there or how they got there um the missions themselves are pretty much stuff that you've played in previous saints row including you know um intimidating people there's one where you hook someone up to a tow bar they're in a porta potty you hook them up to a tow bar on your car and take them for a spin initially you know physical comedy haha but we've seen this kind of thing in saints rows of old And there's another issue. The previews told us that we're going to get all these new items to play with. We're going to get a wingsuit, a tow bar, some crazy stuff with your cars where the wheels can, like, come out and crab walk. Unfortunately, the game world is flat. It's empty. There's no wildlife to speak of whatsoever. That's not a big thing in itself, but it contributes to how lifeless it is. There's very little pedestrian density. There's very little car density. There'll be missions where you've got to, you know, there's a the return of the insurance fraud missions, which were funny back in the day where you throw yourself into oncoming traffic just to rack up, um, you know, fraudulent insurance funds. The problem is you're standing in the middle of the road waiting forever for a fucking car to come along. That's really unusual in a game like this. Another problem, the cars are pretty much all the same cars we've seen in the old Saints Rose. It's almost just copy and paste the entire... um, a lot of them i don't think i saw i saw maybe one vehicle that i didn't recognize from the previous games the only thing that redeems that is the vehicle customization which is something that i did praise this game for vehicle and weapon customization you're given a very nice toolkit to uh, expand both the body modifications under and out of the hood of the car so you can change the way the engine sounds you can change all the spoilers the rims Uh, The neon lights, the the paint jobs, you get a lot of variety with what you can do here, and that's really, really cool. You can add things, you can buy upgrade kits, off-road kits, nitrous, and the tow bar that I mentioned earlier. The tow bar would be cool if you had a reason to use it, you don't. Because it's more effective to run your car into another car than it is to tow something on the back. Cars basically blow up the moment you scrape them. So why are you going to try and tow something on the back? Because you're never actually going to get it to go where you want it to go. The nature of towing something boisterous on the back of your vehicle. So it's a bit of an odd choice, the wingsuit as I said doesn't work and when you've got a flat game world, the way the game tries to compensate for this is by giving you these high-rise buildings where you basically go to the the entrance and it immediately teleports you to the top of a high-rise, the problem is is there's nowhere to go from the high-rise except back down to the ground where you hop in a vehicle and the vehicle's faster than the wingsuit so why wouldn't you just drive the car? And then, the, as, I, as I mentioned, the Toba, you're not going to do anything with it outside of one mission where I, I put a photo in my review. I was tying around some art pieces. It was amusing for a moment, but again, there's no real purpose to it. And the game ends before you can actually get into a lot of the customization uh, tools. For example, one of them that you, you, that you can unlock is, as I mentioned, the crab wheels. You, I didn't see it because the game's super short. If you do the critical path and all the sort of side activities along the way, you'll finish this game in less than 15 hours. Easy. I was so surprised by the length of it that the moment the game started to get a plot going, it ended immediately. So without spoiling it, I'd sort of gotten my empire off the ground. The game hadn't really established a villain. by the Within the first five hours, I think you've already taken out, you know, you've mostly taken out the opposing gangs. So I thought, okay, there's going to be a big reveal. There's going to be a big villain or a new gang or something pop up. Nope, the credits just roll. Uh, the worst part of this, and this is something that I think made me a little bit concerned about some of the positive reviews I read, is the worst of it is buried in the ass half of the game. You've probably seen a quick, quick shout out to Skill Up, but he did put out a video where everyone gift a clip of, and I won't spoil it, but basically a sequence from the very end of the game, a shootout that just just glitches right the fuck out. I had that exact same thing happen to me. So it was very edifying to see that happen to him. Um, just
0: like in um Dying Light 2? This
1: was much worse than Dying Light right. 2. okay.
0: I couldn't believe that... that nearly bricked your console, so I'm, I'm, I'm surprised to hear <laughs> the, that.
1: The funny thing... Okay, so here's the funny thing about Dying Light 2. That game was not stable, to put it nicely. Like that That reset our consoles all the time but saints row is a buckier game. Right. It's it's a game that works less but it won't it won't like shut down your console like dying light 2. So I'll give you I'll just reel off some very quick examples because I could go on at length and skill ups already done. So uh, my weapon would stop shooting, uh, I would have an assault rifle and I'd go to shoot it and it would start shooting shotgun shells for some reason. Uh, enemies would become invincible at random times for no reason and then they would kill me. And the checkpoint system is atrocious. When it does work, it might only set you back a few moments. But for the majority of the game, it would set me back right back to HQ, which meant that I had to do like Grand Theft Auto 3 and drive all the way to my location, go through all the cutscenes... Rada rada rada. Second half of the game. I mentioned this in my review. I couldn't fly any helicopters, and sometimes you'd have to fly vehicles. You'd have to use helicopters in that because I'd get this one hundred times telescopic view, so I literally couldn't see where I was going because I was viewing, you know, the foliage on a mountain, you know, three kilometers away. The game world itself, although this may not be a criticism, is super small. You can drive around the entire game world in maybe three minutes. You know, really, uh, it's it's tiny. It's a very no, very no. very very small game world. W- worse than that. You'd only spend ninety. You'd spend about 85% of the game only in the starting corner of the game. There's a whole city on the other side of the river that divides the game map. You will only have reason to go there maybe three times in the back half of the game. So what, I, what all this boils down to is a game that seems like it probably didn't mean to see the light of day to me. I, I'm given no confidence that because there's no story here, the story just dies off the moment the game starts... The characters have no dynamic or arc, and their dialogue is vacuous as it can get. I compared it to Josh Sweden's dialogue, where they're constantly riffing and referencing things that happen off-screen. And you're supposed to laugh because they're having fun, but it's kind of hard to laugh when you're not in on the joke. Um, the fact that the second half of the game is just barely playable because missions won't activate, or when they do, I love this, they'll give you the wrong mission objective... I'll give a quick example: I was told to take out four police cars. Um, I went and shot a gang up instead because there was no police cars nearby, and it said mission objective complete. So I don't know. Like it'll give you literally the wrong objective for the missions that you're doing. Like I'm not even. Um, I've seen images where people just get mission objectives that are literally just placeholder text. Um, so the game clearly, vlog, yeah. yeah, the game clearly wasn't ready for release. But it also has no ambition because there's no story here that doesn't even utilize. Probably half of it's game world. The Oh, and the most cardinal sin of all, I'm sorry to say, guys. But before you've seen the end of this game, the, all the missions go, by the way, you need to go and complete X amount of side missions before you can progress. And I was timing it, it took me literally four hours where the game just stopped. I just had to complete these same fucking repetitive side missions. There was two of them over and over and over again for four hours before the game would go, okay, now you can play the next main mission. And I just wanted to throw my controller away. That is like unacceptable these days. We can kind of forgive it in MMOs and, you know, we kind of forgive it, in, I, I guess, in Destiny in a way. But in this game where it was just starting to build some momentum and then it completely drops and then it starts and then the credits roll, shocking and shit. So I gave it a 5 only because, and it should have been a lower score, I'll admit. This game should have been a lower score. I only gave it a 5 because, as I said, it met my expectations of a game that plays like Saints Row the 3rd and Saints Row 2. Unfortunately, it's not as good as those games. It has nothing to offer on top of those games other than vehicle and weapon customization, which is very impressive. It looks The same as those games? I was shocked that this game looks like a PlayStation 3 game in 2022 with some extra lighting that doesn't even look very good. Normally the lighting washes out the screen so you can't see what you're actually doing. Uh, This is an odd duck. Uh, This is easily one of the most disappointing games of the year and I was already ranking Dying Light Mm 2 among those and that is easily a better game than this. How do wow. we feel, guys? It ain't well, great. It how, ain't pretty.
0: How do you feel? Do you feel better after getting all that off your chest? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like I only scratched the surface for time's sake. As I um, said, um, I could I could go at length.
0: Yes, yeah, so I've, I've read yours and, and a couple others, but and I've watched a little bit of Skillops video, and, yeah, this game sounds like an absolute turd. That, um, yeah. I don't know how it saw that's the light a of day,
1: and that's not me just being an arrogant little dickhead. That's me going, there were some decisions made in the executive room that this game needs to see the light of day And clearly, the team weren't on board with that. I don't blame the team.
3: It's almost like they looked at Cyberpunk and went, "Hold my beer. Let's see if we can do worse than that."
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's like clearly there'd been some time put into this, and rather than going pull the plug, they went, "Let's just put it to market." And I said at the very end of my review, I said they could put this off for a year to fix it, but it's already a game that looks about looks and plays about twelve years out of date. Another year is not going to do it many favors.
0: Yeah. So this this is. um, I was actually chatting with. Big scale up and I said this reminds me a little, little bit of, of Homefront, which is kind of ironic because it comes from the same publisher, right? Mm, but mm, it sounds mm. like and it's kind of based on what what uh, what you're saying is they just they just needed to get this out the door. They just need to get get one hundred percent. One hundred percent get some return on the investment and just let it be. yeah Um that's what it feels like. Um I mean, in fairness to the Homefront people who are actually doing debt like the new debt island. Uh, they, you know, they end up doing DLCs and shit, and they kind of improved that game a bit. But it definitely improved. Yeah. yeah. It, it makes me wonder, like with Saints Row, because this was delayed from last year, so it makes Correct. me think how fucking shit of a state was this game last year.
1: I um, I was thinking the same thing the whole time playing. I was like, mm-hmm. if this is the state in August twenty twenty two, what were they looking at when they had pitched their original release date?
0: Mm. Uh, yeah, wonder. and maybe COVID's had you know had like an impact on that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's it's impacted most developers of this scale. Um, yeah, but that's I look, I was I was surprised. I was I was quite surprised. Um, I was thinking, yeah, I think because on our Open Critic challenge, I haven't actually posted that yet, but. I can't remember what I gave it, but I, I was thinking maybe like, you know, low seventies, maybe. Oh, this? I
1: think I went way generous. The previews, yeah. as I said, previews build up my expectations. I think I was saying this will average like an eighty. Mm. Easy. No, I was way off. Are
0: this are this what's what's the question without being mean? Are the Saints Row games good? Like I when, think they are. I think I they, thought three
1: was. I enjoyed three a lot. Yeah, I thought but that, three that's was one out of, out
0: of what five? Four? Four.
1: Um, So, yeah, I I think 2 and 3 are standout games, um, and I think they stand out in that they came out at a period when Grand Theft Auto V hadn't really come out, so they were the kind of antithesis to the dry, grey Grand Theft Auto IV. So these were lit, neon, vibrant, funny. They had a soundtrack that was all bangers, and they used that to great effect in the missions. It was all about the style all about, I, I hate to say this, but you know, as the Zoomers say, all about the vibe. Each mission was handcrafted to do something really absurd and they would have a memorable character in it. I don't know if you know this, but, and I love telling people this, but Saints Row the Third, one of its main characters, was voiced by Sasha Gray and she fucking killed it. It had personality for days. This game's got no personality to speak of. I had to constantly refer to what the character names were because there is not one instance of any interaction with any of these characters that is memorable.
3: Did they did they fight themselves into a corner because of Censor Four? The way Censor Four's story just went completely absurd, or jump the shark narrative, and all that shit. Yeah, it but seems like to be they a went though, right? Yeah. So
0: they had a clean slate.
1: They, they could so... have easily gone way more bombastic, and instead, it actually feels very and i'm going to regret saying this but it feels sanitized there's no rough edges on this when this game this game has a lot of swear words in it but they do the thing where they do like swear soup so it'll be fuckity fuckity fuck 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 fuckity fuck fuckity fucky shut fuck fuck shit fuck fuck and that's the joke and there's no context and that's as wild as they're willing to play it. There's no dildo bats that I remember, not that you need a dildo bat, but you know, that was something that the marketing team ran with. It had so much absurdity. That's not here.
0: So there's no so there's no dildos in this game.
1: I've not seen any dildos. I've not seen anything sexually suggestive. I'm not saying you need that, but I'm saying these were the markers of what made those earlier games stand out. They were really quite edgy, quite boundary pushing. And this is like, this is still a very, this adult game only in so much as, yeah, there's some gore. Yeah, there's some swear words, but it offered in the most sanitized way for adults where you're not going to get into any trouble with this.
0: So what I'm getting from all of this is Watch Dogs 2 is clearly the best uh, open world game. I'll be honest with you, Zach.
1: Watch Dogs 1 is a better game than this. And Watch Dogs 1 on the PS3 looks better than this does on the PS5.
0: Yeah, right.
2: So Nathan, when I was playing it, and I was tinkering around with the the graphic settings oh and, I me- and I messaged <laughs> you and I was like, Hey, I can't get my performance to, to level out while the game's actually looking good. Yep. About 10 minutes after that, after I tinkered around with it a bit more, I was like, Oh, it's because it just doesn't look good. No, the game isn't like, the incap-
1: yeah, the game's incapable of showing you anything that's like 20 meters in front of you. I'll tell you something for free. The game spawns enemies directly in front of you. When I say directly in front of you, I mean, within five metres. If you get a notoriety where police are coming, police cars will spawn in front of you, literally five metres away.
0: Good it's, response it's time. that. It's that is. kind of
1: game. And so that just happens constantly. Whenever you get notoriety and people are after you, they just all start spawning in front of you and it just feels so janky. as a nice way to put it, I suppose. But Ooh, no, the game is. just doesn't look good at all. Wow.
0: Yeah.
1: It's right. uh, This is easily going to be a, a worst game of the year contender, sad mm. to say. And as I said, me giving it a five was me being generous because it met some of those expectations I wanted out of it. It's a classic Saints Row game, but it ain't much more than that. Is, two, um,
3: two quick things. Uh, did you download the day one patch? Have you tested that at all?
1: Uh, I got multiple patches in my oh. run up to release. And I'm talking like five gig patches and that, which didn't address a single one of my issues. I'm am surprised I had a patch two days before release that didn't address the fact I couldn't turn on adaptive triggers. If you turn on adaptive triggers, all it does is invert your movement. So then you turn off invert movement, and it turns off adaptive triggers. I don't want to run for I don't want to run backwards by pushing forwards. It's a weird one.
3: Uh, I was also going to say, uh, if if that doesn't float your boat, uh, Saints Row the Third remastered is part of PlayStation Plus Extra. So There you go. Go play. Yeah,
1: this it I highly, <laughs> highly recommend that. All I could yeah. think about the entire time playing this is just going back to Saints Row Three.
3: <clears throat> yeah, I think I might do the same.
0: All right, uh, um, <clears throat> sorry. Let's put let's push forward. You can you can read Nathan's glowing review on the website uh, now. Uh quick question, Nathan. Is this the most disappointing AAA game you've played in Since the PS5 launch, I guess, or the last five years?
1: Do we count Babylon's fall as Triple A? I was AAA? gonna say,
0: is this worse <laughs> than Babylon's Fall? Yeah, right.
3: Because that is bottom that. of the barrel.
1: <laughs> no, so so Mark's absolutely got that one. Babylon's yeah. fall, irredeemable. If we I don't know if that can be classed as triple i I don't know how platinum is technically ranked. With that, yeah. this is easily the closest second All right. since the
0: we'll, PS5 launched. We'll, we'll play it. All right, let's move. Let's push forward. So Gamescom opening night. Let's. We'll whip through the announcements. We'll probably, we'll probably skip uh, some things. But um, if you want to talk about anything, put your hand up, jump in, cut me off. Otherwise, I'm just going to power through like the big dog I am. Love so you, Daddy. Gamescom. Uh, so Dead Island 2, which was rumoured last week, I think. Was it last week? Yeah, it had, a,
2: had a big old leak on Amazon uh, last week.
0: Don't yeah. think we talked about it, didn't we? No, because no, it no, happens just after, after podcasts. Yeah. Classic. Um, yeah, so Dead Island 2 is real. It's alive. It's kicking. Uh, and it is coming February, the th- February 3, 2023. It'll get delayed. You reckon? Yeah, oh, absolutely. So this is, uh, I'm <laughs> this reading is a from blue a milkshake, milkshake bet, mate. Blue heaven Reading milkshake from bet. a a wrap-up on Prestar, thanks to Brody Gibbons. Shout-outs to that guy, even though he, he supports Collingwood, so fuck you a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, is that spoken by a Colton supporter? It is spoken by a Colton supporter. I do oh, want to bring dearie. it up, but... Um, Put him in a room together. I'm, I'm still... <laughs> fuck me, God. That Anyway. Um, so, Hound, Are we doing another milk bet?
1: I, I I'm not allowed to. This is absolutely um, Buddy's domain, but I, I think he'd I think he'd throw that bet at you.
0: All right, let's. Uh, so we'll 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 get confirmation next week from Buddy Watson whether we're doing a milk bet. You think that Dead Island Two will be delayed from February three? I think it's going to come out. I think it has That's to. That's it. Yeah. Uh, all right, Buddy. Let us let us let us know uh, at milkbets at wellplayed dot um, <laughs> So <laughs> this game looks fucking cool it looks good and this is uh this is dan buster so this is uh x Homefront devs well the guys that, not x but like the guys that did Homefront: the revolution so shouts out to them looks real good um yeah this is yeah i'm uh i'm keen all right everything else then we got a dune awakening which is a survival mmo uh coming from funcom and level infinitive uh any interest in this i've not watched i've watched fuck all trailers so
1: there's no gameplay there until yeah. we see that I, I, conceptually i'm in
0: yeah okay uh idea yeah, i did hear it was only cgi so but it's still probably early days on on dev of this you you would think uh playstation revealed a pro controller known as the playstation DualSense edge adam what do you got what, do, what fuck you yeah I was yeah. um
2: I was real disappointed when going from PS4 to PS5 because I literally only just bought back buttons for my PS4 controller. <laughs> um, uh, yeah,
3: yeah.
2: And and really enjoyed them. Like that peripheral was great, but they brought it out at the end of the the console's life cycle, so I was a bit devastated saying goodbye <laughs> to those. Um so yeah, very very keen to to get my hands on one of these bad boys because I love the Xbox Pro uh the Xbox
0: Elite it, Yeah, Elite controller. Elite. Thank you. Yeah.
2: Um, but I don't really love Xbox, so this is the the perfect meat in the middle. So I'm very keen to to get my grubby little mitts on it. Nice. Okay, Do Adam's we set? know
0: a date? No, nah, they, the they haven't said.
2: Too a much, much on...
0: I'm going to assume no price either. Yeah. No. Uh, we then got another video. Um, a sorry, another gameplay video for the Clisto Protocol, Ooh. which I think showed off um, mutations. If I'm reading correctly here. Yep. Yep.
2: Looks Good. the goods. Yeah, it shows yeah. Uh, like enemies mutating in real time. And yeah. yeah, it looks like a banger and lots of blood, yeah. which is to be expected.
0: Very, very keen. Uh, then we got a, this is one that surprised me. I didn't expect to see this, but this is, uh, even though this is not my uh, field of play normally, um, I might come off the bench for this one. But we got uh, the Lords of the Fallen, which is, this looks like it's going to be a reboot. Uh, of of the series, which yeah, is they were working on before. Lords of
3: the Fallen 2 and now they've just sort of reverted back to a reboot of the original or something
0: like that. Yeah, so this um this is my boys over at CI Games, uh, who do who do the sniper games, so they did that one. And this this is kind of no, I can't definitely cannot say that on the podcast. But this has gone, this has done the rounds across a few different developers, and then they've brought it back in house, and it looks like they've rebooted it. Only a CGI trailer but uh looks very cool looks that trailer is very very cool you, uh, that trailer lead here mate so,
1: well, so yes yeah, so i agree it does look cool this is the follow up to your most played xbox title remember
0: that <laughs> i do remember that <laughs> 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 i don't, don't know if you're gonna, like the only time. person in the world but yeah go on um so no, i'm keen i you know i've uh, i finished that game i was proud of that
1: um, i'm happy for them to take a second shot at it i think lords of the yep. Fallen had heaps and heaps of promise yep. that left me a little bit cold i'm totally keen for a round two yes, and so if you're
2: th- if you're to watch one trailer from gamescom this is the one to watch because it absolutely fucking slaps and it has denzig's mother playing mother. throughout it and it's yeah, yeah as just a uh, cinematic trailer it's fucking awesome
0: great yeah very cool uh, then we got Moving Out Two, which is coming next yeah. year. Oh, sorry, just just quickly jumping back to Lords of the Fallen. Uh, PS5, Series X, and PC. No date there at the moment. I don't think for that. So uh, it's doing. It's being released by. Uh, sorry, it's being released. Being developed by Hexworks, which I think is an internal, game studio. I'm pretty sure that's that's the case. Uh, moving Out Two coming next year, uh, 2023. So SMG Studio. Uh, yeah, very very cool. Melbourne made again. Uh, online multiplayer gonna, this time as well, which is yes, cool. Yes, it's going to have online yeah. multiplayer, um, which is cool because that game or that style of game needs that. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I think I think its appeal is very limited. Oh, yeah. It's
1: got some fixed screen support, I see.
0: Cool. Yeah. Did um, the first so that's one have cool. that? Uh, I don't remember. I know because I did a thing on them. I don't think so. I'd <laughs> so, say no, probably. But I can't remember. Uh, then we got Hogwarts, another gameplay trailer for Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, earlier in the week, we got a release date no was that last week or this week like i can't remember the weeks anymore last week but did we talk about last week yep yeah we, talked yeah, we did about oh it. yes yes we we did um yeah so we got we got a new gameplay trailer i'm actually waiting to watch this with Anna, so i can't comment on this she's very keen but
2: yeah it's only pretty short but it's it's good it's worth a watch if you're if you're into harry potter
0: cheers man um <laughs> and then we got a new tales from the from the borderlands. <laughs> Uh, how? Wait, what? We got a trailer for New Tales from the Borderlands. Uh, it's a spiritual successor to the Telltale series games, coming in October. I don't know, is there a date? Uh, uh, there is. So, Telltale Studios is yeah. in October. Um, any any interest in this?
3: It's in. in, yeah. in, in it's in house at Gearbox this time, but they have brought in developers who have worked on the original. So, I'm very curious to see yeah. how that mashup comes together. October twenty
2: first that's you uh, your question colour cool. me interested
0: thank yeah. you then we've got DLC for Nathan's second favourite game of the year behind Saints Row <laughs> Dying ah. Light 2 called Bloody Ties uh, it's DLC looks like Killing Floor says Brody here uh, yep getting some getting, S- getting some nods
2: sign Nathan up to do a bit of a DLC review for that one for sure
0: uh, <clears throat> Tortuga is, is, a, is a seafaring game uh, who reviewed yep. Dying I think I did didn't I yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah you, you did. absolutely did. I like uh, that
2: you've um, just pushed that out of your memory, though. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: uh, yeah, cool. That's all that's written there about that one. And then Marauders is a stylish dystopian shooter. This is from... Um, I read the email about this earlier this morning. I can't remember. But uh, this little shooter has been described as Tarkov in space or Escape yeah. from Tarkov in space. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Lightfall was the next major DLC for Destiny 2. So new Destiny 2. Content coming. It's coming oh, yeah, on February twenty eighth next year. February is absolutely fucking chockers already. I think from memory, yeah. um, all that all that period of of the year as a year, and then we'll have a fucking barren spech Spetch stretch spitch. from um <laughs> um you know fucking June up into August. Isn't, I love isn't, guzzling Baron right? speech. <laughs> 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 move on. Move uh, on. Sonic Frontiers is but yeah is going head to head with God of War Ragnarok. So Sonic Frontiers, I assume that means it's coming on November eleven.
2: It comes out yeah. the day before, the day before. Ragnarok. <laughs> so
0: wow. is that um, <laughs> which is fucking mental? <laughs> is that skulls, skull and bones? Is that, is that the day before? or Is that the two days before? Anyway, it's thereabouts. There um, thereabouts. Yeah, Sonic, Sonic, Sonic Frontiers. Any interest in that? that KV is probably wetting his pants. I think Over, he's the only one, isn't he? It'll, it'll be, it'll be dumb fun. It'll be dumb fun. I'll, I'll look I, you're I hope
1: you're right. I sincerely yeah. hope you're right.
3: I mean, uh, I Quanti- played... I did Sonic Colors, and that was... Mm, but this one's like... Open
0: okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Quantic Dream Sonic Dream announced right. a new project or new game called uh, Under the Waves. Um, don't, don't know what that is. I'm terrible. I should really should look.
2: <laughs> it it just looks like a a smaller because it's oh they've partnered with like a conservationist company or organization I believe. So it's kind of like an underwater exploration title, right. but it's definitely a smaller project for for Quantic Dream, and I think a different studio is actually pub- uh developing it anyway. But it looked interesting enough. I was gonna say it sounds like a PR
1: move, doesn't it?
0: yeah a uh, bit. sorry under okay, testimony think, more sorry like. i'm reading this okay I didn't, I didn't read the second sentence here so it's been developed by parallel studio and it's been published by quantic dream yeah i assume it's meant to, I assume that that's what it's meant to say uh goat simulator three is coming um fuck yeah game's dumb cool. fun
2: yeah
0: Return of monkey island has got a release date motherfuckers Whoop. coming nice. september 19 um just around the corner Very much around the corner, so plenty of time for for everyone to play the series beforehand. (laughs) Moonbreaker is a new game from the team that made Subnautica. It is. This
2: looks cool. It's a strategic miniatures game where you can actually get in and paint your miniatures before you use them, which I think will appeal to a lot of people.
1: And Brandon Sanderson is in charge of writing and developing this world.
3: Oh, I didn't know that. Who's
1: that? Famed fantasy author. Fantasy author. Finished off the wheel of time after Robert Jordan died. No, nah, okay, maybe not <laughs> your cup of tea. I know. I'm with you. I'm with you.
3: Mark's on
2: closest, board.
0: Closest I'm thing board. I know is Brendan Sanderson, who used to coach the Adelaide Crows in the AFL, <laughs> um, <laughs> practically
2: the same person.
3: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
0: Old so, oh, mate. Then <laughs> we got friends. Friends versus friends. It's a cell shaded shooter coming to PCs and consoles. Mark, this uh, has to
2: be up your alley, surely. It, it looks pretty damn cool. Yeah. 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 I'm keen for that.
0: Uh, and speaking of Souls-like games, uh, Lies of P is coming. Nathan, are you picking your toenails or something?
1: I am clipping my toenails. You weren't <laughs> supposed to announce that. Sorry. <laughs> you dog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> clips their fucking toenails mid podcast. <laughs> I, I had a
1: couple of really gnarly big toes going on. I was like, Just oh, God. Can't. Fucking okay, hell,
0: mate. Uh, all right, so Liza P. <laughs> do
1: you ever sniff underneath him? Sorry? No, keep, keep going, mate. Keep going, um, keep going. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, We've lost Adam. Keep going.
0: Just for oh. the context, I actually don't I don't use toenails.
1: You don't trim your toenails? Not
0: with the... You are a dog. Not with like the sand thing. sand them down or something? What do
1: you do? It, you do like Danny DeVito with like I, a broken knife or I something. I actually,
0: I pick them with my fingers. Not even kidding. I'm fucked up. All right, so Liza P. Is the Souls like game set in, yeah, I'm moving put, on. in the world of Pinocchio and coming to Xbox Game Pass? This awesome, is like the Souls like yeah, yeah. game, um, which looks really cool. It does. It's got flavors of Bloodborne. Did it's, we um It's a weird
3: name though, though, right? Um is it is it just me, lies of P's? It, it sounds weird.
0: It does sound weird. Did we get mm. some, any gameplay in this trailer?
2: Yeah, we got yes, a, bit. There was a bit. We also got to see oh, no, Geppetto yeah. and Jimmy no, Cricket. Sorry. Which cool. was we have
0: seen it before, so nice. I'm keen. I'm actually kind of keen. With this though, because I, I really like the idea of, of this sort of take on, on that IP. Uh, Stranded Alien Dawn is a kind of is kind of like wasteland in space. I'm looking yep. at you guys. No, cool. Very good. Uh, Atlas Fallen uh, is the new game from Focus Entertainment and the developers of the Surge. So Deck Thirteen again. No, this one's not. Um, so I was like, is it?
2: No, this is I definitely so. more of a like an action RPG. They only showed a really little bit of gameplay at the end of a very lengthy CG trailer. Um, But the little bit of gameplay they did show, very flashy, very fast. So I'll be keeping an eye on it because it does look very cool.
0: Home War 3 is coming in the first half next year. Hell yeah. Uh, we got Has this look game at... been
2: coming out for fucking forever? <laughs> yeah, time. it was announced yeah. ages
0: yeah. back. Jesus Christ. Get, get on with it. Fuck. <laughs> Can I look at... I... Hon- sorry, go, go, sorry, I'm just trying to motor through. No,
1: no, no, you keep going, got nothing to uh, say. You're doing good,
0: well. We got a better look at Hon Honkai, Star Rail. Uh, sure. Um this looks like maybe Nathan Maybe, yeah, maybe I think I Jordan think I will get behind this one. Stand up 69 or something, this like, like something you be into you a, in the are background. Are you a, are you a uh, Genshin Impact life. man? <laughs> I
1: have installed Genshin Impact because it's just had its big 3.0 update. I've never played it, but I'm so keen to get into it. Cool. Just for
0: reference Jordan, uh, you'd definitely be the one that's been picked up like uh little Jordy, the Spanish guy. So, High on Life has a very aggressive Aussie multi-tool and we and Presta love it apparently. Uh High on Life we all we all came for that. Yeah, yeah. Come up know. to
3: December though. That kind of snuck under the radar, news-wise. Yeah, that was quite yeah.
0: like, a like, delay. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, sorry. So the game was coming in October, yeah. pushed into December. Yeah, yeah. Uh, still key, still key. Uh, the Telltale uh, take on the Expanse. Nathan's fist pumping, pumping. I do Pump-ting? like the Expanse. Yeah, you do like, yeah. Nice. Uh, Killer clowns from outer space is <laughs> a new multiplayer game, like Friday the Thirteenth. Ash is probably excited. Yeah, see. it's
2: a th- it's a three versus seven kind of AC. He loves those game. games
0: that die after like a month, doesn't he? I um, also yeah. I
2: also <laughs> will be getting around to this. Killer Clowns is such a weird IP to do it with, but fuck it, I'm down.
0: You know what they need? That what this picture reminds me of? A game like that, maybe but with like the old school dinosaurs DLP, the IP? Um, or Disney Dinosaurs, that yeah, yeah. John yeah. Goodman and that in that isn't it? What the, what the fuck? Is John
3: Goodman? That's the
0: Flintstones. It, that was the Flintstones. No, sure. no. It's, no, no
2: it's, he's he's on he's on the right track. I just don't know how the fuck that can be an asymmetric multiplayer video. That's game.
0: it, mate. <laughs> mate it, we're, we're getting Liza P. Someone can make a. a nah, fair, game. fair call. Well, maybe that. Where you play as the baby, and you gotta. Have, I don't know. Anyway, uh, scars above. drugs. Scars above is yet another mysterious sci-fi game about an alien invasion. This is from. Is this Focus as well? No, this is not Focus. Um, I saw I saw all these emails. I don't know who this is from. But this is
2: the one. I can't remember who's developing it, but it's the one that looks very much like Returnal. Not like a oh, budget right. Returnal, but it looks in that sort of realm. But I can't oh, it's remember. Prime
1: who. Matter, publisher Prime Matter,
0: whom yes, we know, sorry, yes, and developer on. Madhead Games, who yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and we got Word Song, which is... Saw fuck uh, all
2: from this and they relied heavily on the industry veterans from Fallout, mm. Elder Scrolls and whatnot. So we know fuck all about fuck, it.
0: How much does this industry love to fuck milk that fucking phrase? Like yep. developers of C- City Project Red. How
2: involved do you need to be to, to get put on who that cares, as well? Mate. If it was like if you were an intern at the time who did fuck all, are they like, well, technically they worked on Fallout. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, Age of Empires IV is
0: getting more content. a New Gotham Knights trailer has shown off its new its road gallery. Also, the release date has been brought forward to October twenty one. Where the Winds Meet looks like a very rad IP. I don't know what this is. Looks like
2: it looks fucking sick. It looks Chinese cool. Ghosts
0: of Tsushima is that right? Yeah, Pretty I think much, it's a Chinese yeah. studio doing Ghosts okay. of Tsushima essentially. Yeah. Okay. Oh no, sorry. Yes, I did see this. Yes. um Yes, this does look cool. hideo kojima's new podcast is coming to spotify next month <laughs> weirdest Kili,
3: announcement of the entire show
2: yeah keely um, wanted kojima on and that's yeah, all he had gotta
0: have him there somewhere um yeah. it's called brain structure okay whatever man uh park beyond has introduced oh mark we, we didn't talk about park beyond oh very very quickly
3: oh, it's like roller coaster tycoon and the preview is okay and it hopefully will be good next year
0: nice like a new trailer at <laughs> gamescom uh, we have got to see Warhammer 40k Tide once again. Jordan and Ash are still fighting it out in the in the, in the the dungeon for who's going to review that one. So you check that I'll out if you're interested. This is the other game I was thinking of, Blacktail, which is Fate, which is from my boys over at Focus Entertainment. Big shout out to them. Love you. The, this game looks... Uh, I'm reading from Brody here. This game looks to be about a mythical shape-shifting forest where you'll be able to, presumably, as twin sisters, master both your bow and witchcraft. Daddy is keen. Uh, Phantom Hellcat also has... Women in masks. Women?
3: Sure. Yeah. Kicking oh. ass while wearing masks.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> um,
1: You're killing it, bro.
0: Keep going. Oh, sorry. I'm trying to go really, really fast because it's fucking late. Crossfire X is getting more boring. Who cares? Um, Door <coughs> Romantic is a cute townscaping game. This looks kind of neat. Yeah, uh, this game looks, looks real cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Outlast Trials is got another trailer for that. Uh, the beta is coming October 21 to okay. November 1. What thought is this gonna be coming out soon? And there's a uh I thought what that last thing is. The finals. The final yeah, is, is a, is a rather a, flashy first person shooter. Yeah, we Sorry, saw fuck
2: bit. all from that. It was like an eight second little teaser, so not much yeah. to be shown from that Sweet. one.
0: Sweet, shout outs to uh, Press Start again for that list and apologies because I've watched Fuck All. So other news this week, Steel Series has announced the Arctis Nova range. It's like a... a Nathan, you you did this new space. It's like a budget sort of range.
1: Yeah, so this is really exciting for those that don't want to have to shell out what like seven hundred and fifty or eight hundred bucks on an Arctis Nova Pro. I After mean, paper. as as Zach says, you should, um, but in this economy, you probably won't. So here we've got the successor to the now what four year old, um, you know, flagship mid range Steel Series Arctis series. So this is the Arctis Nova Seven is going to be replacing the Arctis Seven. We've got the Arctis Nova 3 and the Arctis Nova 1. They're all going to be built on the same chassis, so you won't necessarily be getting a better model in terms of the structure. The 7 will be wireless. It will be $400. The 3 will have some RGB lights. Yeah, $400. I thought, you know, obviously that's going to drop soon, but as an entry retail price in Australia, not too bad. Of course, um, all three models will be uh, compatible with all current consoles. The Arctis Nova 3, as I was just saying, has uh, like 16 million colors. that can be programmed into its RGB cups, uh, USB-C compatibility. And the Arctis Nova 1, which is going to be 139, is still very attractive. As I said, it's going to be using the same chassis. It's going to have, uh, I think, the same cups. It will be a 3.5 millimeter jack. So just your standard headphones jack. So again, compatible across pretty much all your audio devices. And one of the big things here, one of the really cool draws... Is this will all be compatible and will all come with the much lauded Sonar Audio Software Suite, which is going to bring the most out of those drivers? Um, Zach's obviously, yeah, he's he's reviewed the Arctis Nova Pro with the uh, Sonar Audio Software Suite, and he's you know, you're saying that he's kind of pretty much maximized your performance mm. for whatever yeah, game or sure, whatever yeah. you There's want to so throw out
0: and tinker with. And- yeah, and play with. Very cool. Steel series also announced a speaker range, which looks very, very, yeah. very cool as well. But I think most of it is not coming to Australia or just, uh, uh, not yet, which is a bit of a bummer. Um, we won't go into that because there's still a bit to talk about. Star Wars, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, I had to remember what that stood for again, has been moved from Aspire to Sabre Interactive to, according to Bloomberg, um, unlucky Aspire, good luck not, Sabre. Not
3: surprising by the sounds of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. The last was TV series got a the show got a little brief teaser um about 15 20 seconds of footage showed close to fuck all um looks good though. Very good. Yeah,
3: Very good. Very, keen.
0: Very keen. Joel um not Joel. What's his name? Pascal. 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 He uh, he looks like he looks and sounds looks well, yeah, sounds Doesn't like he Joel. do it? He
2: does such a good Joel voice, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. He
0: does. He does. Uh, Pax Indie Showcase, sorry, Pax Oz Indie Showcase winners for 2022 have been announced. Uh, you got Tempopo Popo from Unpacking Developers Witchbeam. You got, uh, fucking hell, Topple Pop Bungie Blockbusters from Akema Games. Rooftop Renegade from Mellowhead Games. We've talked with them before in Made in Australia. You got Night, which looks actually really cool from Made a Thing Studio. Gubbins from Darcy Smith and Repeller Fella, which, uh, from Misadventurous, um, that's actually look that that's a point and clear game there, which looks very, very cool. I've spoken with this dude and Ash Whaling is actually doing some voice work in that game. Uh well well played uh Ash Ash Whaling. So um looks kinda cool. Then there's some board game uh, announcers there. You got Yamcha, uh the score, the Pixel Star, Frontier, and Aethamon? Aethamon? Uh Tower of Darkness. Nice shout out. I'll give them a look. I'll give a look. Plague Tale got, got a new gameplay trailer ahead of its demo at... I fuck you, everyone who can play it. Um, what did we... Did anyone watch this? Just, I just yeah, nah, played the damn thing. Just give me Don't the damn thing. Don't want spoilers. Yeah, yeah this, that's it. This, We're in the this same boat. This sort of uh, detailed. Um, some of this game is, like the story beats a little bit and sort of gave a bit of context as to um, uh, and ex- ex- explain like the new mechanics. So Amicia's new uh, lust for uh, murdering people. So, there's a bit of detail there, so you can go and read about that. Watch that. Looks very, very cool. I'm very, 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 very excited. Uh, Death Stranding is coming to PC Game Pass on August 23, which is probably now. It's already out. We yeah, did, it's already out. Yeah. Uh, Ghostbusters yeah. Unleashed is out on October 18. Market Another asymmetric
2: multiplayer game, Zach. Get oh, keen. Fucking hell, man.
3: It's Ghostbusters, though. These
0: games. Come
2: die. on, no, 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 no.
3: I will play it for a couple of hours and I'll love it and then I'll put it away for life. That's like it, everyone you else. You and the rest of the community. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Shout outs to that. Uh, very, very quick. What are we What are we looking at now? One hour, 44 minutes. Wow. <laughs> off topics. Who's got anything to talk about this week? I went and saw... Uh, what did I go see? The Black Phone. I really, really rated it. Loved it. Good. Um, though discussion for you off, off screen but didn't fully understand it.
1: Um no, I didn't think he would. And I don't think okay. it was meant to. As I said, it's like um, <laughs> you know, Stephen King's son, um, I think he's got a bit of Stephen King's writing DNA in that the ending's not gonna give you the closure that you probably
0: expected out of the story beats the en- and what they were building. The ending was fine. Like I didn't I didn't really have any problem with the ending, it was more Yeah. I'll 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 tell you off um, off air. Uh Sandman is kinda of boring me a little bit. How far
1: um, through? Curious.
0: Want to say seven, eight eps. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's just like I find there's a lot of time where it's just it feels like it's a lot of filler, and it's probably not, but it feels like there's there's episodes that just um just don't like like so he's already got all the bits and bobs and whatnot, mm. um, and now there's just you know there's eps that just. Yeah, they're just... Yeah, I don't know.
1: So, yeah, not an unfair criticism. I'm not going to poke any holes in that. I disagree, but I have the benefit of context. This is pretty much a panel-for-panel, line-for-line adaptation. So what you see as filler is pretty much the downfall or the downside of sticking, like, 99% accurate to the comics. Right, So what you're seeing would be, you know, it's probably super effective in the comics you know mm. when you can put the comic down whenever you want but when you're binging the show yeah probably a bit boring especially if you haven't read that source material
0: yeah so like the episode that involves death um though I didn't hate it but I just felt like I was like, like what like, what is this like what is it yeah like, and that was a
2: whole thing in the comics and it was
0: pretty uh,
1: much 100% accurate um, that's
2: been my favorite episode so far just for for the Diner
0: episode. The diner episode again. Didn't didn't hate it. Didn't mind it. But again, it was like a whole episode, and I was like, like it uh, just like to me. Obviously, yeah. with, with like no context, they're just filling yeah. filling time now.
1: I um, I will say this: if they if it gets renewed for a second season, your criticisms will only compound because what they would have to adapt next gets even more esoteric. Gets even right. more. Um, I don't know what the word is, but a bit like left of field in terms of it's not just straightforward storytelling and you're left wondering, is this filler? What's going on? You know, the, the main character will just disappear for whole episodes at a time yeah, and stuff like, like, like that. Just,
0: and now what they've introduced a, like a new character kind of where I am. I think I'm in the second episode of the, of the new character.
2: Um, yeah, I think we're up to about the same spot, That's like it's
0: like... You know, like I don't know. Any other thoughts on Sandman, Mark? If you watched it,
3: uh, I haven't gotten to that yet, but I've read all the comic books, so I will eventually get to that. So, cool. yeah,
1: you'll probably be a happy chap, Mark.
3: I no doubt love I, gaming stuff, so yeah.
0: Nineties uh, film of the week. Uh, Jordan cue the intro. I don't know if I got one. Nineties um, <laughs> <it's
3: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba.
0: laughs> film of the week. Yeah, so we're going with Out of Sight this week, which. Uh, has a big tang in it again. Uh, oh. Ford, uh, <laughs> Hold on. Uh, Jennifer Lopez. Oh, uh, oh Ving right. Rains, Don Cheadle. This game, this game, this movie has this a cool. 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. So
1: look at that. Look at that cast. This Steve is a Zan, a critic's Don consensus.
0: I'll, I'll read the critics consensus first um, before I read to the little blurb, but Steven Soderbergh's no, is that right? Yeah, uh, intelligently crafted adaptation of the Elmore Leonard novel is witty, sexy, surprisingly entertaining, and a star-making turn for George Clooney. So this is where the big tang breaks out, mate. Um, so, the <coughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> the um, What am I saying? Yeah, so the, the movie info here is, meet Jack Foley, George Clooney, the most successful most successful bank robber in the country on the day he busts out of jail he finds himself stealing something far more precious than money Karen Sisko's heart Jennifer Lopez shoutouts she's smart she's sexy and unfortunately for Jack she's a federal marshal oh dear oh, now they no. want to risk it all to find out if there's more between them than just the law bang bang
2: mate I could be down for this it does sound I, pretty good. Yeah, on. I'm, on. I'm down hook line and sinker
0: it's on how Binge. I'm pretty sure it's on Binge and. I'm Netflix. just checking. I, I my think it's first suggestion well. is Netflix, but I'm just double checking. It's on, it's on Netflix yeah. Binge, and if you really yeah, uh, definitely you can you can watch it on Fox. Still go. Apparently, uh, I'm Danny DeVito on my watch produced list right this. Right now, as well. who's that? Sorry, Danny DeVito produced
3: this. According to oh, my man, MVP. did he? Yeah, yeah. Really,
2: I can see that too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
1: God, you just can't help but love him can you? Oh, you, you did too. Yeah. <laughs> All
3: right, I'll look that up.
0: Um. I remember yeah, I, when it came out, but yeah, I haven't seen I, it. Yeah, I've not seen this film since I rented it on fucking VHS. Like, God, it would have been around the time it came out on VHS. So, so <laughs>
2: not in the CD sleeve, this one, then? Not in the disc sleeve, mate, no.
0: Jennifer Lopez,
1: you, you stick her in something with some acting chops, she's easy to watch. And I don't mean in a, a facetious way either. She's good.
0: Mate, big old uh, Batfleck, he's gone back there for seconds, mate. They married. Um, they, <laughs> 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 she uh, put the bat symbol, She put the bat symbol up, mate. uh outcome anyway. Um, oh, I bet she's got a ripper bat <laughs> signal, champs.
1: Are we at the end of the podcast?
3: Is this is this the? <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to do the outro? Because <laughs> you guys are just lost. <laughs> Oh, that's
0: funny. That's good, to the Bat though. cave. <laughs> thank you for listening to this week's episode. Actually, should, should I try and do it in like a Batman voice?
3: Oh, please.
0: Yes, please. Please. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I'm <laughs> oh, not Batman, bro. Uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the World Player DLC podcast. You can check out all the content. On wwwwell playcomau Thank you for listening. Have a great week. Enjoy Gamescom. There's probably shitloads more to come out. We've missed probably all of it. Um, yeah, enjoy your week, and we shall see you next time.
3: Adam, Adam won't be back next episode. I think he's died from after- laughter. I'm dead. <laughs> Farewell.